So, so, so many parades and all these other great things, not saying we shouldn't celebrate, not saying we shouldn't be happy, but uh, so all these different things here about Juneteenth, I find that very interesting. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. So why do I find this interesting is because what I'm trying to figure out, we say Juneteenth, we say all these things, but are we really free? Are we free? Are black and brown people free? Do we feel like people understand what freedom really means? Do we um, recognize what's not being respected? I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. See, freedom to me has such a big meaning. And I wonder if we ignore or don't realize how words, um, as big as they can be, can often be the ones most misinterpreted or also misrepresented. What the hell did I just say? What I mean is, in terms of freedom, what does freedom look like? Is, is freedom a thing? Is it a verb? Is it an adjective? What is it? What is it? What does it mean to you? Is it an action word? Um, is it something more to describe something? Does it require both? What does it mean? And is that what is happening right now? And I dare say, absolutely not. I feel like if we were to all jump in a time machine and we go back to as recent as the civil rights movement, right? Because we have a lot of knowledge, and I mean, we don't have a lot, I'm using that word very generously, but we have knowledge of, you know, um, the civil rights movements and all the different things that happen within that, and all the different people who um, participated and supported, I'm talking about Malcolm X, I'm talking about Shirley Chisholm, I'm talking about Fannie Mae. I'm talking about all the black and brown people who said enough is enough. And they risked everything, including their lives, because they said, look, this can't keep happening. We cannot keep on enduring this. Let, let's dial it back. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about slavery led us to denying our pain. And that is true. If you were to read on slavery, if you could take it on what really happened, because let's just clear up a couple of things here. Yes, there were white slaves. However, they were not the ones being disenfranchised, or at least not to the degree of disenfranchisement and disrespect. I mean, black, brown slaves were being tortured. They were being beaten. They were being raped, sodomized. I could go down the line. Um, they were being disrespected in so many ways. You had um, slave owners sleeping, raping with, uh, sorry, raping the women um, and even the men on the plantation as a form of discipline as they decided to mislabel that as. You know, they took trauma and they used that trauma as a way to keep the slaves in check. In other words, could you imagine if you're walking down the street and then all of a sudden you see a group of people gathered and then you go over there and you're like, oh, what's this over here? And then you go to check it out and you see somebody, a black or brown person, 
looking like they've been beaten, bleeding, bruised, and they're hanging like a pear, like a fruit, you know, like an apple. They're hanging there, just lifeless, hanging there. How would you react to that? How do you think you react to that? Do you think that you'd be happy about that? Do you think that that is something that you would want to acknowledge? Um, do you feel like, you know, that is something that you feel comfortable around? And I would say, no, no, and no. I think that would scare the crap out of me. I think that would lead me to say, well, who the fuck did that? And how could I stay, avoid that? I would have questions. I would have concerns. I would want justice to be sought. Now, we're talking 2023, so let's dial it back. Let's go back in time, back in the 1700s. These folks are not educated. They're, they're, they have been transported over to a country where it was assumed that they'd be given jobs. It was assumed that they would have been given respect. It was assumed that they would have been given opportunity. All of these things was what they assumed. They get on the ship. Now, this starts off with one ship. It's one ship, and that ship seems harmless, you know. It seems like it's okay. It seems like, you know, nothing bad could happen. Next thing you know, folks are being beaten. People are starving to death. And then they're starting to build ships big enough to transport people. I mean, we have people traveling like they're in a sardine can on top of each other. Could you imagine if you don't like how you feel in you know, the size of a booth right now in this time. Say you go to like, let's say Panera Bread or something and all the seats are taken and the only one left for you and your friend to sit at is those little uncomfortable ass little side boots. How do you think you would feel? What do you think you would think about that? I dare say that you won't feel comfortable and you wouldn't want to be there. Now let's magnify that and just imagine um, you get beaten up and then you get thrown in shackles, right? So now you have chains all over yourself. And now you get put into this thing. You don't know what it is. You've never been off your country. People are talking in a language. You don't understand what they're saying. They put you in this compartment and you're shoulder to shoulder. Okay, everybody on top of everybody. Nobody can hear you. Nobody can help you. Or can they and they just don't want to? Here's the thing. Are we free? Think about that for a second. Are we free right now? Do you think that if we were free, we would have things like police brutality to the scale that it is right now? If we were really free, why is it so hard for the Board of Ed Um and other vested parties to even respect things like us wanting to have black history taught in school, the real history. Let's talk about slavery in school. Why is that such a problem? If we were really free, then why is it so hard to see diversity, equity, and inclusivity? Why is it so hard? I kind of feel like in Connecticut, uh, we declared racism and then we said, oh, we checked the box. So let's just make sure we did the white thing and let's go create a task force to go study it. Um, please help me understand what exactly 
would you be studying about racism that has not to various degrees already been studied? So please help me understand how that benefits anybody. To me, that sounds like a buffer as a way for people to not pursue diversity, equity, and inclusivity. To me, that sounds like a way for the state itself to say, okay, we're going to say that we care about this stuff, but we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to, we're not going to pursue anything. We're not going to do anything more than we have to do. We're just going to do this much, just this much to appease everybody. Right now we've all had to sit here and listen to George Floyd call out for his mother. This man called out for his mother, not his uncle, not his auntie, not his cousin twice removed. He called out for his mother while being brutalized by police. We've seen the cases of the various victims, Tyree Nichols. We could go down the line, Philando Castile. We could keep going. I mean, we could add names. I get my stomach gets tight. My stomach gets tight because there's so many names, too many names. Why are there so many names? Why are there? And why doesn't this bother anybody? Why aren't people bothered? This is why I say, how free are we? How free are we if it is that our, our race is actually pivotal in our pre-employment application? What the hell did I just say? Why is that box still there? Why do you need to know my race if I'm applying for a job? Why does that matter? Why does it matter if I'm applying for a job, if I check off Caucasian versus Hispanic? And you know, and the thing is, it depends on the job application too. It could get very, very detailed. It could go from no detail to too much detail. Like it starts off with, do you identify as Hispanic or Latino? Do you, or something like that. And then it goes down to the other, um, you know, the other races. Why is that okay? Why is it okay that we had a black president, right? So we had a black president, the man, poor man came in with a full head of black hair and he left mostly gray. Now, am I saying that he did, um, you know, he didn't do a good job or he did a great job? No, I'm not saying either. Were there things that he did that I didn't necessarily agree with? I mean, he deported the most people in uh, history. And that, for me, hits a nerve. However, on the other hand, I would be remiss if I ignore the fact that despite um, anything else that they could say, he was our first and so far only black president. And we're in 2023. We are in 2023 when we should be happy and excited that we have so many more black and brown people pursuing and finishing their education and getting degrees and becoming doctors and stuff. But we don't see that being represented, do we? It's not being represented. We are in 2023 and lynching is still not illegal, nor is slavery. Did you know that? Please show me where they put it in all states 
every state is disallowed from owning a slave or lynching somebody. It's not there. Why is that such a hard thing to do in the United States? Why is that so hard? I thought we said we declared freedom. I thought we said that, you know, this is our independence. And if I'm wrong, then why do we have, you're saying that we don't have slavery, then why do we have so many people working for well below what they should be being paid? Why is that? And why are we in such denial? You see, because privilege wants to protect itself. It does. But we now, we have to recognize these things. We have to call it out. Let's be real here. Leading into COVID-19, there were many, 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 many white people taking up our spaces. I mean, why do we have white people in our spaces representing our causes, our concerns? I didn't tell you not to be concerned about it. I just said, if this is supposed to be about the lack of representation of, then why are we not being better represented? That's all I'm saying. I don't see what the harm is in saying that. I feel like that is only harmful to somebody or people who do not want to see that happen. You know, look how long it's taken for them to find and charge and whatever else that should be happening that hasn't happened yet. All of those who were involved in the attempted coup. Why is that such a hard thing to do? Why is that such a hard thing to do? Why is it so hard for them to say, okay, we need to put these people in jail, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Now, I'm not saying this because I agree with it. Don't, don't, let's not get twisted here. Don't come for me. All I'm saying is, is that they did not waste time finding Bill Cosby and R. Kelly guilty. They didn't waste time. They didn't waste time finding them guilty, and they didn't waste time putting them in jail. They didn't waste time, right? They had all the capacity to do it then. But then you see people like Epstein, who I would dare say committed more egregious acts of sexual violence and exploitation, and you had to know the way that man decided to end his life is very, very questionable. It is very, very questionable. I'm not saying he's innocent. Don't come for me. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is I think he knew some names, and I think that those names would have led to a lot of questions that some people were not willing to answer. I just think we need to do a hard look at ourselves as a society and really accept that there's still freedom needing to be fought for. We still have to fight for freedom. We're not free. We are not free. We're not even near being free. We're down the street from being free. Not even down the street. We're like in a whole other country. How the hell is it in 2023? Lynching is not a federal crime, right? Now we're seeing what's going on in Florida and out here in Connecticut. I have people telling me, oh, well, you know, you know, we shouldn't be worried about Florida, but let me tell you something, people in Connecticut, you're wrong. You're very, very, very wrong. Connecticut was a red state for a long time for a reason. Right now, as I'm sitting here talking with you, um, it was brought to my attention 
couple of weeks ago that, you know, certain clans are starting to be a little more obvious, if you know what I'm saying. Hate speech is popping up, right? Pro-police language is popping up, but also hate speech and the calls for the violence are becoming more and more and more common. What are we going to do about that? Huh? What are we going to do? We have all these outpatient substance disorder facilities, but we're not seeing the healing. What's wrong with that equation? Right? Do people really understand the offset of poverty? Crime. You need crime in order to maintain poverty. You need that to happen. And why does this matter in this conversation? Because if we were really free, we would not have to have kind and loving discussions about the wealth gap. We would not have to sit here and have a whole conversation on why there is even a wealth gap. Like, why did that even happen? Separation of wealth is another thing that, you know, maintains oppression. You see, we need to sit down and break this thing down for what it is. We can't be free if we're not, if the freedom is not being invested into, if there are not things in place and, you know, laws especially, and not just laws, but, you know, support of those laws. I mean, crime was used as a reason to escalate police violence. The police will say, when those who love the police say, well, we need the police because we need to do something about the crime. Well, how about you provide the actual resources and how about you actually do what you say you will do? How about you actually make that school system actually effective? How about you actually hire um, a diverse staff? How about you don't maintain the oppression? How about you don't make it where you know, people get to exploit the less fortunate and those without privilege. That to me, that, that sounds like freedom. I don't know if anybody listening in has any other thoughts, ideas, or whatever on that, but I, I think that freedom for what we say it is and how it's being celebrated and what it is. I mean, do you really feel like since the civil rights movement, we got the baton, the Black Panthers took it up, you know, and all those in that era, they took up the baton with the civil rights movement. But what happened after that? What happened after that? We have Asada and a couple of the members of the Panther Panthers and the New Era Young Lords and all, you know, the Brown Barrettes and all the other groups, you know, Asian Peril, I believe, you know, all the different groups involved at the time. We have all of them, the win of them being in existence, but... But what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? You know, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't know if you all agree or we're just going to agree to disagree, but I kind of think that we dropped the ball big time on the civil rights movement. I think that we got comfortable. I think that we fell into the BS because you see, for the first time in history, we had felt included. And the first time in history, right, black people could actually walk outside and not get shot at for being outside. Well, up until now, because now Florida 
decide it is a great idea to, you know, fuck up the gun laws. And I guess we're all going to sit here, well, not me, but people are going to sit here and ignore the fact that the people being shot at and brutalized are mostly black people, right? So white people say, hey, you know, we want to, we want the ability to take our gun around. We think it's great. You have that Santa's talking about, yeah, this is what, this is awesome. This is wonderful. And look who's being shot at. But you're not hearing that part in the news as much as you'll hear about the crime rate. Because discrimination is, is you know, we can't have that up there. We cannot have that up there. But what we can have, we could talk about the crime rate. We won't talk about the fact that the police pick and choose who they pull over. I mean, just the other day, I'm driving down the highway. And I see this white woman. Her, her child is in the back seat, and she's just happily putting on makeup. She is happily putting on makeup. She is quite fine. The poor baby in the backseat, she's not going to know what's going on. A little toddler kid look like. You know, the point being is, is that she's so busy putting on makeup, she's swerving in traffic. Now, a state trooper is sitting right there. Maybe he was checking his Gmail. I don't know. But he didn't pull her over. She was also driving a Lexus. Now, see, what I'm saying is, where is the freedom? So, yeah, they allow black people to serve as police officers, but where's the freedom? How come we have, um, you know, more and more black and brown people serving government? They just seem like bots, robots, you know. They, they're sitting there and they're saying, yes, 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 I'll do this, I'll do that, yes, yes, yes. But what are they really doing for our people? Where's the freedom? Where's the big march to declare lynching illegal but they rather sit there and tell you that oh we can't have all these immigrants here yeah yeah that made sense that made sense that made sense and that makes sense because you see satan sells you know mm -hmm. I tell you, I sit here and I watch these documentaries on slavery, right? And I say to myself, you really have to be the spawn of Satan to be okay with lynching somebody. You really do. Something had to be wrong with you. To sit there and glorify. Mm -mm. See, but that's the thing. If you look into the history of the Ku Klux Klan, how it was started, and what it was started off as, and then how they escalated into going into the slave quarters and pulling out the slaves and beating them. And then it started to spread. It's hate. That's hate. That's hate. Like I said, how would you feel you walking on the street? You say you're in the middle of Walmart and all of a sudden you just see a body hanging from the ceiling. You telling me that's going to be okay, especially if you're seeing the person bleeding or looking like, you know, they were beaten to death? I don't think so. Mm-mm. I don't think so. These people were allowed to sell children, rape them, abuse them, and it was glorified. And yet still, lynching is not illegal. Show me where slavery is illegal. Show me that. And when I say illegal, it has to say that you are not classified as a slave if you are at you know you have to be getting paid livable wages not the foolishness of five dollars and fifty cents and a lot of that 
kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or paying me money, but have me work the worst hours. That's slavery. I mean, slavery comes in different forms, my friends. And overseers, the new overseers, they don't wear hoods. No, they don't. They run companies and they sign paychecks. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something else. The gaslighting and the gatekeeping, well, that, that shit right there, I mean, that didn't stop. That did not stop. You know, when black people and brown people organize, the government gets very scared. And what they try to do, they try to gatekeep and gaslight because they know damn friggin' well. They know what time it is, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question is, once again, what does freedom mean to you? Does freedom mean a bunch of white people walking around saying they get it? Does that look like freedom to you? Does that sound like freedom to you? You know, allegedly there were, you know, white people who understood slavery back then, but a lot of them didn't understand enough to stand up against it. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. And more so, look how long it took us to get alliances with white people who were comfortable enough to say enough is enough. Let's change this shit. It was, it was not an easy journey. It wasn't like you walk into a bar and say beers for everybody who, you know, support this. That's not how that went. People died. People got hung. I mean, you know, I, I feel like to this day, they try to downplay that slavery part, that part of slavery, the lynching, because it's disgusting. I mean, anyone who is amused and entertained and inspired by human torture, something is really wrong with you. Okay. And then we say things like, we don't know why more black and brown people do um, take care of their mental health, but shit, you stigmatize the fuck out of it. And then if I say how I feel, you're going to lynch me. Why would I want, why? Mm -hmm. Except now they don't lynch you with a rope though. So let's talk about that. Haha. -ha. The new rope. What is the new rope? Well, the gatekeeping and the gaslighting is a big part of that rope. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. Yes, indeed. You go ahead and you stand up against these white people and they don't like what you have to say because it, it affects their comfort zone. Oh, they will gatekeep you and gaslight the crap out of you. They'll do it. That's the rope that they use to lynch you in this current temporary society. <coughs> Excuse me, a cough is coming out. But yes, you know, that's what they use. They use that. You want to talk up and talk shit? That's no problem. We'll just take away your job. <coughs> Excuse me. You want to talk up and talk shit? That's no problem. We'll make it hard for you to get hired. I will always refer to the comparison between Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, and Epstein, just those three, because it takes two black men to, to demonstrate. Remember, black and brown people, we have to prove our innocence, you know. Mm-hmm. When you look into the story of Jerry Epstein, Epstein, over the hell you pronounce it, I don't even care. That's how much I respect him. Um, and you see how long the empire he was allowed to create and build and sustain, right? This man started off, he was already swindling businesses and stuff. He was already doing wrong things, but he just got power. Why? Because when a white person, you know, 
presents themselves a certain way. They wear that tie. They wear that jacket. They could show up in a room and they will get, you know, the ratings. They will get the following. They will get the respect. When a black or brown person shows up, even with a suit on, they still have to prove why they should be in there. So again, when were we free? Why is it so hard to support black and brown women in power? Why is that a problem? Why, why does that leadership scare people, right? And if we are so free, then why is there such a dependency on policing and, you know, martial law? I'm just asking a question for a friend. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm laughing because I'm like, I don't understand how that is freedom. Like I said, I kind of feel like we got past the baton from the civil rights movement and the Panthers, you know, and that whole moment in time, those, those moments in time, I should say, what the fuck did we do with it? What did we do with it? We agreed to get more black and brown police officers hired, and we thought that was fantastic. And we didn't stop to think that we actually helped create a bigger problem. So what do we do now? Well, I'll tell you what we do now. We call it for what it is, and we deal like you know with it. And we embrace our feelings, and we get mad. But not the kind of mad where you go breaking stuff and shit and, and you know, burn it. No, not that kind of mad. We get mad and we say, we need to change the damn law. We need to change this fucking law. Like, this needs to stop. When you look at the uh, backgrounds of some of the more notorious um, participants, police brutality participants, I should say, more specifically, when you look at their background and, like, their tenure at whatever branch they were at, um, and what they had going on, you will see that these people had a history. They didn't just wake up one day and decide to be an asshole. They built themselves up to that point, right? And unfortunately, um, the law follows their behavior, meaning what we need to do in our pursuit of freedom, we need to take back our humanity. We need to start putting certain things in place. Now, I didn't say that to say that there are not times when we need police to get involved. Don't, don't, let's not get confused here, right? We will want certain people to be apprehended. If you are raping people and killing people and all these different things, you know, I would like to think that you deserve to be handled. Yes, we are not ready for police-less society. We have people out there you know, look at who's going around doing these mass shootings. I mean, now it's being theorized, and I, I am one to contend with this because of the focus on the shooter, right? This has become a matter of, well, who's going to have the more shooting? So in other words, focusing on the shooter and the, the person, um, you know, executing the violence, the mass shooting, didn't solve the problem. It actually created a bigger one because now it made it a competitive sport. Right. So it's like, you know, what do we do here? That's the real question. What do we do here? 
where do we go from here? And do we have the wherewithal, do we have the strength to go further? I feel like we need to start asking ourselves that because I kind of feel that we, we, we became resilient because we're tired, right? Like here we are, we're marching, we're protesting, we're doing all these different things and nothing is changing. Nothing is moving. Nothing is progressing. We're seeing more police brutality cases. We're seeing more mass shooting cases. What is changing positively for us? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, it's just getting worse, right? How come we're not seeing legions of black and brown doctors walking around? Where's that at? How come, you know, when you look at Congress and positions of leaderships in various countries, you know, Sorry, not countries, counties, I meant to say counties. It kind of looks like cookies and cream. Yeah, you see the cookies in there, but it's more cream, right? We have a problem with belonging. Where's the diversity? Where's the equity? Where's the inclusivity? Where's the belonging? Where's the freedom without the belonging is what I should probably say. Please help me, help myself. To be clear, we have representation across all these counties, not countries, as I mistakenly said before, uh, we have representation from all these various counties, but yet it looks like cookies and cream, but more cream, less cookies, you know, more vanilla. Why is that? Why is it that we don't see more representation of our black and brown LGBTQ plus folks, where's that at? And how come when we are represented, it's really for us to tell our story. Yeah, come here and tell your story. Tell your story. The hell I look like, Aesop Fables? Like, why am I just telling stories? How about you support me? How about you empower me? How about you show that you believe in me and that we're not just a bunch of random criminals running around. You ever notice how, you know, there's, there's dual arguments on this, but you ever notice how shows like intervention and anything to do with like jails, they focus on certain people and not others. So for example, there's one that I was watching and I still have a series to, to finish because I find it interesting, uh, 60 days in, and this is about people who go into the jails and they sit there and they pose as inmates and they'll give their feedback on how to improve it. Now, when you look at this, you see where the black and brown inmates, you see them, they're the more criminal ones. They're the ones that are, you know, even the people participating, they try to fit this role. The white inmates have less of that to do. They just have to show up and just sit there and then people kind of like figure them out as they go. Of course, each has its rules of who and what and why. But the point is, is that in terms of presentation, even in that, we are presented like shit, right? Look at the real housewives. How come our housewives are the ones that, you know, are the most diva-esque? I'm not saying ladies not to take pride in yourself and stuff. But how come... You know what I'm saying? Like when white women do it, it's glorified. And then when we do it, it's what? Right? You know, how do we call all of this freedom? 
How is that? How come you don't see more of us on cooking shows and supporting stuff like that? Like you don't necessarily see us in that respect as much. You see us more on the offensive side, even on intervention, right? Now, again, this is mixed reviews, you know, but you don't see black and brown interventions as much as you see white people trying to heal. So we don't try to heal too. We don't try to do things different. We don't have like life events where we try to recover from. We're that fucked up, really. And nobody sees a problem with this, but we we celebrate. I just want to know why we celebrate in Juneteenth. I get that the slaves were freed and I get we're all happy about that. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not Kanye West. I don't think that we should be back as slaves. I don't, you know, although I do think to an extent that ignorant statement of his, he really meant to try to provoke the thought of we need to do a redo, a reset. He's right to an extent. He's right to an extent. Here's what I'll say, though. Um, a lot of people, a lot of white people bought into slavery for a long time. You didn't see them necessarily fighting with each other as much um, until, you know, the later years. You hear less about that as slavery became more common, right? It took work on both sides. It took the slaves recognizing that they had to fight for their freedom, and it took the white people saying, we're not going to entertain this shit no more. And that's what we need right now. We need the white people to step in and say, we're not going to entertain this shit no more. Stop sitting there. It's, it's way past showing up at a Black Lives Matter rally. It's, we, we passed that point. We passed that point. You know, we got to do more than that. We got to do more than complain about it, my friends. We can't just sit here and say, oh, this is wrong and this is bad. We can't do that. You can't do that. We have to realize that our people are dying. Look how many of our people died from COVID because why? Because it was assumed that we would not want it because there was such an anti-vaccination movement that, again, the resistance, just like with mental health, you know, while I talk about mental health, there are more people who are willing to go pray it away. You can't pray it all away, man. You can't pray it all the way. Respect friggin' mental health. This should not be a problem, but it is. But it is. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's 2023. It's 2023. And we still have not made lynching illegal. How the fuck? And slavery. That should be a federal offense. Okay, but also it took a long time to end the death penalty because you see the fascination with the torture. This is why, like, I have a hard time um, supporting certain things. Like, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a big time gun ownership advocate. I, I don't believe in all of that because I feel like violence was used to, you know, mold us into who we are for so long. And then, in my opinion, you buy into it, you just accentuate the problem. You know, and, and I feel like we need to we need to look past that now. We need to recognize that we have a problem. We have a big problem. Our representation matters. When black and brown people get shoved out of spaces or excluded, that should be a big friggin' problem. Because in twenty twenty three, we should know that that is not what freedom looks like. But it's still happening. Please explain to me how black and brown people being excluded 
or removed from spaces and places where decisions being made is any different than slavery. If, if we in 2023, we say we're all about, we claim we're all about freedom. Where is it at? How, where is it at? Oh, look at this lovely question. See, haterade comes in many shapes and forms. Haterade comes in many shapes and forms, right? Here I am expressing this and look at what's in the chat. That's awesome. This is my point right here. Where's the freedom? Where's it at? Where's it at? Right? I'm not worried about that because, you know, the trolls and the racists, they also come in many shapes, ways, and forms. I could ask Larry the same question. In case you're wondering what our friend Larry Williams just wrote in the chat, he was asking me, how many dicks can you take at once? What a nice question to ask somebody. You know, what a wonderful question to ask a black woman on a Wednesday. He's so, I don't know, himself. And he's proud of that. He thinks he's funny and he thought that that was appropriate. And he probably believes that, you know, that was freedom to him. Now, see, what am I supposed to do with that? How many of us have to get disrespected? How many of us have to be treated this way before it's realized it's a problem? Now, see, Larry jumped on this here to say that because he saw the picture for this uh, session here. It happens all the time. I'm not surprised by the Larry Williams and so forth. It's just, you know, it's a reminder to me of how much work is yet to be done. Because people like that, they, they are sent out and they are dedicated to ensuring that we remained oppressed and that they will ensure that either we remove ourselves from the table of the decision-making on our own or they'll do it for us by making us uncomfortable, right? See, that's what they have been doing. That's what they do. That's what they did to the slaves. That's why when they will beat and torture slaves, think about it. How would you feel that you're on the job and, you know, your, your boss got upset with you and he says, okay, where's your girlfriend at? I'm going to fuck her in front of you. How would you feel about that? That's embarrassing. Sexual violence, violence as a whole, is a tactic used by oppressors as old as slavery. Slave owners would rape and torture because they wanted the slaves to know who was in charge. So you see when people like Larry Williams jump on, like he did just on put that asinine comment in the chat, it doesn't say anything other to me than we have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, right? As the person facilitating this podcast, I have to be, as the disclaimer says here, defamatory, harassing, obscene, or racist content is prohibited. Please be respectful when participating in the live show by using the call-in feature you understand that your voice may be recorded and published by the host right and here we have this here we have this because you see people like that contend that they could do that and they will get glorified but the ones of us opposing it we're the ones that have to face the punishment kind of sounds like slavery to me doesn't it sound like that to you right so what do we do about it? I think we need to think bigger. I think we need to start thinking about 
more than what we have right now. Like, why aren't we talking about, um, you know, more than a two-party system? Why does it have to be just Democratic and Republican? Why can it not be that we recognize that for there to be real diversity, guess what? It has to also be diverse, right? Because what's happening here is that whether we want to say it out loud or not, within this two-partiness is division. Here's the thing, though. The Republicans are more committed to each other than the rest of us are. And that's the biggest part of the problem. We need to recreate the railroad. And this time we need to do it in a way where we really understand who's where and for what purpose. If we're true about freedom. We need to ensure that we stand up and stand out against the oppression and we speak up. We need the white people to get up and stand up and say enough is enough. I want to hire more diverse staff. I want to allow people to, I encourage people to speak for how they feel and not have to hide because that's what they would do to the slaves. If the slaves screamed out, you got more lickings. If the slaves screamed out, they'll get tortured more. They'll get less pay. Sometimes they'll die. So we need to, you know, end the gaslighting and the gatekeeping. Call it for what it is. Stop allowing these big corporate companies to take all the monies that need to go back into our communities. Stop letting that happen. Demand that our government recognize the need for diversity, right? We should not have the same players receiving the funding for the projects that should be going back to the community. There should be some level of due diligence there where you can't have. You got to spread it out. How are you supposed to progress if it only stays in one section? So, see, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, Juneteenth, we kind of free-ish. We still have a lot to do. There's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot that needs to happen in terms of healing and reform right? We don't need to have all these police. We don't need police to have military equipment. But you see, in a country that was built on violence and that violence supported the slavery, that's where it gets complicated for a little bit. That's where it gets a little, mm, right? So again, what does freedom mean to you? Where do you see us as black and brown people? How do you feel about it? Do you really feel like we did what we could, or do you feel we got a little bit complacent? Do you feel like we were forced to be resilient and without realizing it, we kind of digress rather than progress? And if you feel that way, do you feel so inclined for us to get up and stand up and keep going? I think we can. I think we're tired. I think we're tired. I think that we're frustrated, we're tired, we're broke, and we're mad. And we need to take all of that and remember how much we love each other and remember how great we are and lift each other up. That's what I think. And I think when we can, we must protect each other. But more so, I think that those with privilege need to get up and stand up and remind people that slavery never ended. And the reason why we say that is because if it did, we would have people making livable wages. We wouldn't invest over invest in policing mass incarceration. We wouldn't do that. Deportation. We wouldn't do that. We would recognize why those things are not in favor of progress. 
and we would want things to be different and we would do so collectively and we would recognize the need for and the importance of black and brown, not only representation, but participation, because how is there freedom without belonging? I want you to think about that. I want you to let that sit there and, and let me know what you think. Where is there freedom without belonging? How does that happen? How does that happen? How do you feel about lynching still being legal? What do you think about the modern lynching, the gatekeeping, the gaslighting, the trolling, hmm? the limited access and opportunity? What do you think about those things? How does that make you feel? And where do you feel you could be of impact? Because I tell you what, there's a lot of work to be done. So don't feel that just because you're not into being out there on the street and chanting and marching, there's not, nope, we need people to write letters. We need people to get up and stand up. We need people to make phone calls. We need people to help write and rewrite the law. It's a lot of moving parts. And nobody is more than or less than important than the other. If you feel like you don't have a law degree so you can't help write a law, you're wrong. Most laws are rewritten, changed, or updated due to personal experiences. Seriously, like that's why we had changes in the policing laws. And we're still working on those, you know. So don't feel like you, you cannot contribute. You just need to know where you can and, and do that. And then we could start moving towards real freedom and we could get this invisible cloud over our heads. But until we think and do that, we're going to be in chains. I'm telling you. So that's what I have for now. Let me know how you feel. Fist up, smile on, CJ.